When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat. Joining me to look back on Plymouth Argyle's 2-0 defeat at Charlton Athletic is Chris Harrington. Hi Chris. Hi Stu. And Jack Ball. Hi Jack. Good morning. So then guys, obviously a disappointing result for Argyle um, and it sounds like they weren't at their best at the weekend. What, what went wrong? Um, yeah, they didn't play well. They had an off day. I think there were very few players that you could uh, look at and say they had a good game. It was a real collective off day. And I don't think you, you could be too critical of Argyle on that game when you consider the run they've been on. Well, it was one defeat in 17 before uh, Saturday. They were unbeaten in eight. I think it was you know, inevitable at some time they'd have a, a poor result, a poor performance. It was certainly that. Um, you know, Derek Adams came and saw us afterwards and, and Jack and I were both there and, you know, sometimes he can be critical, sometimes he can be sort of slightly controversial in his opinions and, and views on the games, but, you know, he, he just basically sat there and said we were beaten by the better team, no complaints. He said, I could sit here and pick, pick faults in the team's performance, but I'm not going to, and I can see why. It was, it was, he could have sat there and spoke for half an hour about all the things that went wrong and why it didn't go well. They had a bad game. Um, dust themselves down, get back into training on Monday, Tuesday and uh, start preparing for the two games at Easter which are going to be really important. So very disappointing, particularly with the 3,000 fans there. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's possibly the, the, the biggest sort of disappointment of it is that, that all those fans have gone there and they look fantastic. I thought they, they gave the team great support, didn't they, Jack? Even at 2-0 down and it didn't look like anything was really going to happen. But... Uh, I wouldn't be too critical of them because they've been on such a fantastic... I mean, that's their first away defeat, for example, since November the 25th, exactly, four yeah. months. I mean, yeah, they just had a bad day. I said to Chris on the, uh, on the way back that, you know, over Derek, Derek Adams' tenure at Argyle, away fans have probably never had a better time to be going no. to away games and, get, no, and getting value for their money. It was disappointing, um, but again, it was just a, a, an off day for every player. And I think that, you know, the early goal from Lewis Page, which I think... 9.9% of keepers out of 10 wouldn't have saved that shot there's nothing Remy Matthews could have done about that that obviously got the crowd behind Charlton mm. what, what probably a very nervy crowd if, if things hadn't possibly started that way that went against Argyle and then Ryan Taylor went up the other end and hit the post which was a bit unlucky Every, I think we all thought it was just going to roll very slowly it was one of those ones where it almost felt like it was in slow motion everyone was just slowly watching it roll it looked like it was going to go in and just hit the post and came out and then not long after that they went and scored the second goal and it just got the crowd on their on the, on their side, and I said another thing. I said to Chris on the way up is everything on paper looked like it was going for an Argyle win. And I hate those types of games. I think possibly if Carl Robertson was still manager, maybe it wouldn't have quite worked out like that. I think Lewis Page had been out injured for a long time. Yeah, about a year, I think he was. So 
Mm. Maybe he wouldn't have played under Carl Robinson, he, he wouldn't have brought him in so soon. Zyro, the striker who scored the second goal, was a handful played because McGuinness was yeah. out on an international yeah. call-up. So everything on paper looked mm. like it would be Argyle's day, and those are the games that I hate the most because it never goes that way. And yeah, it was just one of those days where you just have to write it off and go again on Friday. Yeah, I think it's, it's also a reality check as well. You know, Argyle, as you say, Chris, have been in such great mm. form to get into the position they're in. Yeah. You know, they're always going to have a defeat at some stage because it was so unlikely they were going to go the rest of the season unbeaten. So they kind of perhaps need that just to give them that little bit of a reality check and make the players refocus and realise that they really have to be on their game every single match to, to keep that top six position. Really. No, I agree. And I don't think it was like four or five players had an off day. It was all of them. And, and perhaps that's a good thing. Perhaps, you know, just get it all out of the way in one go. Yeah. And then try and go try and go again with Southend on Good Friday. I mean... The Lewis Page goal was a fantastic strike, um, but about two or three minutes later, he had another chance to shoot from the same sort of distance, didn't he, Jack? And yeah. it went miles high and wide. Well, when, um, was, when Lee Bowie was speaking in the press conference after, when one of their, one of their local journalists like laughing almost, saying, "You know, when when your defender scores a goal like that in the first or third minute, you, you just know it's going to be your day." And you know, it was all laughed about the fact that it was almost so ridiculous. Yeah, and, and it was. It was a great. Start. It was a great strike. I mean, and and. You know, all credit to Charlton from the first kickoff, right from the very kickoff, they were on the attack, they were on the front foot. Gary Sawyer got injured, having to make a tackle on Zyro as he threatened to get in in about 30 seconds, wasn't he, Jack? And they were just on the front foot, they got the goal from Page, Jack gave them the confidence, and I mean, they, they really, they played well. But talking to the locals up there after the game, Charlton were unrecognisable from, let's say, the 0 0 draw with Fleetwood the previous Saturday. You know, they, they could not believe. Mm-hmm. They, they were watching Charlton. I mean, there was four changes and there was mm-hmm. a different um, tactical approach from Lee Bowyer. Yeah? Um, but the, the Argyle, the Charlton that Argyle faced were a very different Charlton yeah. by all accounts from the one that's been playing for the last month or two. Well, it's interesting because I was doing the Twitter roundups yesterday and seeing the views of the Charlton fans. A lot of them were saying mm-hmm. Robinson was 4 2 3 1, only ever played with mm-hmm. one up front. And I think you spoke to Lee Bowyer afterwards and he said that he made the, the, ch- the tactical change and played the diamond in midfield or two up front well, Chris, to combat Argyle's Yeah, Chris on the way back, you know, because it's very rare that all the press conferences are done in the same place. So mm. we were both there for, for every interview and, and um, he, he, he spoke very well and he was saying that he watched the game between Plymouth Argyle and Bristol Rovers on, on tape on, on Wednesday and he gave players one day to get used to a diamond formation because he thought that would be the best way to contain Argyle's holding midfielders. And that, that it worked, you know, it, it, it was not purely down to that, but he, he, he said he doesn't necessarily believe in managers that have just one formation against every team because different teams play in different ways and you need to try and combat that. And that's why he went to that formation and the players responded. But we spoke again loads of time on this podcast about how meticulous Derek Adams is, but the coach was 15 minutes later than it usually is getting to the ground. Just things like that, I think yeah. it set Argyle off on the bad foot and, I mean, uh, and it spiralled from there, really. It was interesting, like Lee Bowie made the point, the, the, the point that Jack's just raised was that he watched the Bristol Rovers game on, on tape and he said the player that ran that game was David Fox. He didn't mention him by name, mm. but it was the holding midfield yeah. player. And he didn't want David Fox doing that at Charlton. So they play the diamond, put Fossu, who's a tricky player, Tariq Fossu, who's a good attacking player, put him at the top of the diamond. And uh, he caused Argyle a lot of problems. Fox couldn't get on the ball. Yeah, it worked very well. Derek Adams switched to a diamond formation at the start of the second half to try and match up. And, and Argyle were better. Is better the word, Jack? They were slightly better, yeah. Slightly better. Um, and it, it sounded like they had more possession in the second yeah, half. Yeah, and, and, and the, change, the change of formation worked. I mean, yeah, you've got to give credit to, to Lee Bowyer for the, for the tactical approach. Um, 
but Argyle never got going. There, I, I think, think it's one of those games where Argyle was playing for another, for another yeah. 180 minutes and still probably wouldn't have scored a goal. They just yeah. they just weren't particularly on, on their on their yeah. good form. And I think Chris is right. I think if you look at it in one light, you can say they've got it out of the way all, all at once rather than a few at a time. That's what that's the way you've got to look yeah. at it. That, I mean, that's the, the the constructive way you have to look at it. Is just say that they all play bad. And even though it's disappointing on, you know, on the way back, of course it is because it's to, any disappointing any defeat sorry is disappointing for any fan at any level. But when you look at their run, two defeats in eighteen games, not many people can moan about that, especially given the start I got had to the season. Yeah, and as you say, it's such a disappointment given so many people made the trip, the mm. journey up to London. You know, I mean, mm. five hundred mile round trip and over three thousand fans there is a testament to the Green Army, really. Three thousand and thirty-four. I mean, I looked in the program, and the week before Fleetwood went there, and there was one hundred and five away fans. Well, how uh, many did exactly. you say were at Fleetwood in total at the home game? Yeah, when when Argyle played Fleetwood uh, a couple of weeks ago, the total attendance at Highbury Stadium was three thousand and seventy-nine for the whole whole game and Argyle went to Charlton which as you say Stu is over 500 mile round trip and they had 3,034 yeah. fans themselves yeah. in a crowd of nearly 14,000 I mean, so you, you mentioned to me so everyone at Highbury Stadium you could put into that almost one stand, yeah. stand and so when you put it like that it's just crazy isn't it it, 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 was fan, it was fantastic support yeah we've got a question here from Spillers about the, um, the support hmm. is it just a coincidence that the team seemed to put in below par performances in so called big matches Especially where a large contingency of fans have travelled across the country to watch Argyle play. I, I, I think that's a bit harsh, to be honest. I mean, they've beaten, maybe they weren't such large crowds, but they beat Blackburn at home. They beat Shrewsbury away, which, okay, wasn't as big of a crowd. But they've beaten some big teams, is my point. Mm. Um, they've beaten Rotherham this season. Now they drew at Rotherham, they should have, should have done so, late so on. They've so. got some good results at some teams around them in the table. So I think that's... A, Possibly a bit harsh, personally. I mean, they've played in front of ten thousand plus crowds at home park, you know, pretty regularly over mm. the last few months, haven't they? And they've had a really good winning run. Yeah. Um, so uh, playing in front of big crowds at home park doesn't seem to bother them. So I don't see why it would have, would affect them away from home. Um, I suppose two of the poorer performances this season have been at Charlton and at Portsmouth, um, where you know there was eighteen hundred odd at Fratton Park, three thousand at. at, at the valley, so you know, the, the, there is that argument, I suppose. But he says, they, is it just coincidence? I would argue, yeah, uh, it's I, I would say it's, it's coincidence. I think they've, they've you know, the, like I said, they've played in front of big crowds at Home Park all this season, they played in front of a big crowd at Blackburn and, and got a got a, a good result. So, they, I, no, I'm, I'm, no, I don't think I think it's coincidence, yeah. but you know. But again, the way the game, as I said, the way the crowd got on their side, it shows, sorry, the way the Charlton crowd got on Charlton's side after that early goal, it shows the power the crowd does have. Because I think if Argyle, we'd said, in the start of the yeah. second half, if Argyle got one back, I would have fancied them to get back into that game. Because I think the crowd would have got very nervy very quickly. Mm-hmm. But there seemed to be no nerves in Charlton. And, you know, the, understandably, the crowd were chanting Lee Bowyer. It was one of the loudest chants I've heard this season. They were really, you know, in favour of him. And everything just felt a real feel-good factor for Charlton. Yeah. Well, again, it's interesting when you look at the, the fans' comments from Charlton. You know, there weren't that many disappointed to see Carl Robinson go. From the outside, we're looking at him mm. and thinking, mm. oh, he's not doing that bad a job. No. But when you hear the criticisms of his formation, his tactics, and only playing one up front, then, you know, you get more of an idea as to, as to why they're not happy. And I think, so I think Lee Bowie has said in, in before this game that he wasn't looking to go into management, but he was asked about that in the press conference. He said, well, you, know, you never know. He might, he might leave now and have a 100% record, he yeah. joked. But... Um, I think sometimes it can be refreshing just to see someone come in with new ideas. They had a weakened team in, in, in some senses of the word because they had players called up. There were a few good players injured, like that De Silva's gone back to Chelsea. I think Mavadidi's also injured. And why, as, a, as a fan, why wouldn't you be happy when a below par, a, a yeah, weaker team, a weaker on, paper, team on paper has beaten one of the best teams in terms of record? It's a, it's a, you couldn't have had a much better mm-hmm. first game in charge. 
No, that's right. Uh, one thing I, I did find interesting, obviously Argyle have got some real injuries at the moment. I think Derek Adams said that he's got nine players out. Yeah, eight, at the moment. eight or nine. Eight or nine out. A mm. uh, question from Dave Searle. I can't see Argyle doing anything without Bradley. I'd love to be proved wrong, but the last two games I've witnessed has me worried about our defensive frailties. We got the rub of the green against Bristol Rovers, but look tired against Charlton. Obviously, Bradley's a massive loss, isn't he? And it does seem to be the defence is a little bit... Yeah, I mean, he, he was player of the year last year, wasn't he, for yeah. Argyle? He got into the League Two team of the year. He's made the step up this season and proved that he's a very good League One defender. Um, you know, any team would miss somebody of, of his stature. Um, you know, it, it's, it's difficult to talk about it because we don't know the exact problem, do we? It's not like we know he's got a groin injury or a hamstring yeah. injury. You know, he's, you know, the manager uh, keeps mentioning an illness. And he's um, waiting the outcome of further tests before finding out when he's going to be playing again. So um, we don't really have any idea of how long he's going to be out. Uh, Yang Songo's done a really good job for Argyle over over time, um, particularly at the right side of centre back. He's done very well there. He's played left side centre back the last few games, and it just doesn't suit him. Um, so again, I'm, I, I hesitate to be too critical of, of him because I don't think he's playing in in, in, a, in the best position for him. Um, it was interesting in the second half that um, uh, Derek Adams took off Songo, put Gary Sawyer into centre back, and put Aaron Taylor Sinclair to left back. And if, if it's me um, going forward and Sonny Bradley's not available for the two Easter games, that's what I would start with. Um, Gary Sawyer's played at centre back before. Um, if he'd been a, an inch or two taller, he probably would have been a centre back mm. throughout his career, but he's more than capable of playing at centre back. He's a left sided player in the left sided centre back role which fits yeah. I think Aaron Taylor Sinclair has been unlucky not to play more games because you know he was on a good run of form before he got injured so I think that might give the defence a bit better balance um, so that's what you'd hope um, you know Dave's point about um, you know defensive frailties yeah there's definitely defensive frailties um, you know Bristol Rovers scored a couple of goals didn't mm. they Fleetwood had chances and, and, and obviously Charlton did as well I'm not sure I'll go necessarily look tired against Charlton though I, I just they, they were just you know, Charlton came out so quickly out of the blocks and, and Argyle just couldn't get into their stride. They, they weren't allowed to get into their stride is how, is how I would assess it. Jack? Yeah, Jansson is not the fastest of players either and I think when you're playing against a team that are quick at attacking, like Fleetwood have got some very quick paced players. Ellis Harrison caused quite a few trouble against Bristol Rovers and we all know what Charlton possess. And I think, unfortunately for Jansson, he's been... Involved with a few of the goals that Argyle conceded, you know, he he, he ducked under mm. Gary Sawyer's um, instruction, according to Derek Adams. That after that game, he was battled off the ball by Ellis Harrison against Bristol Rovers, and we the second goal that Argyle conceded from, from the corner. There was just no one marking marking Saigo, uh, and and really it looked like Songo should have been on him, but he was left for a free header. So I think Chris is right. I mean particularly Wigan earlier on the season when Argyle did lose 1-0 but it's one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen watching Argyle live I mean Jan Songo was like a man possessed he was absolutely fantastic that day Did he play midfield that day or, or centre-back? I think he was filling in a centre-back wasn't yeah. he? Yeah He was filling in a centre-back I can't remember who was out but I think I'm pretty sure he, but anyway I remember I was, I was writing the blog and Songo's not the easiest name to type when you try to do it quickly <laughs> with the, you know, the apostrophe in the middle and I was seem to be writing every few seconds and Cut and paste track yeah, <laughs> he, I think I did do that in the end. But he was he was fantastic that day. So I think Chris is right. Over over the, his period, he's put in a shift, but it's just not worked out for him in the last few games. And I'm I'm the same. If I'm going forward, I'm 
Yeah. You know, hopefully Bradley will be back soon. But you know, asked the manager on Saturday, and he said that he didn't really know, and they're awaiting further tests. So obviously, we keep asking the question, and um, you know, hopefully Bradley will be back sooner rather than later. But, you know, Zach Viner's done very well when he's come in, but Argyle will without the two main centre backs yeah, right. for that game. Yeah. It isn't just it isn't just Bradley. Also, I know Bentley's not, but Bentley's also injured, so there's a lack mm. of options come on. So they are really looking a bit frail in terms of numbers. But it's, you know, like I said, it's not just Bradley. Edwards is also out at the moment. So that's two very strong centre-backs who were really starting to go well. Well, that's it? your first-choice centre-backs, yeah, isn't yeah, it, really? Right. And to be without both of them is, is you know, you, you're going to miss players like that. You're going sure. uh, Moving on, David Manson against Bristol Rovers. Certainly in the first half, our continual negative passing of the ball in and around our own half contributed greatly to Argyle being outplayed. Again, on Saturday, following the Argyle report, following the report during the game, it was mentioned that this negative tactic was being used to no avail and that Ryan Taylor was getting no service whatsoever. We have succeeded recently by moving the ball out of defence at speed. Why have we gone back to old bad habits? Jack, you were blogging the game. Was, did you find a slowness in our goals play? It's funny, isn't it? You know, it, Again, looking at the bigger picture, it's two defeats in 18 and it's very easy to get very negative and suddenly that everything's going wrong and the tactics are negative, the players are poor, we don't have enough cover. Everything seems to be... You know the, the worst case scenario at the moment, mm. but I don't think that is the case. We've said a few times already. I just think the players had an off game, I, and I can't say that enough. I don't think we were, they were particularly negative. I think Charlton started very well. Um, Declan said afterwards that he did know they were going to play that formation, but I'm not. I'm not convinced. I mean, that was a formation they've not played before, um, and and I wouldn't say it's negative necessarily. I think they've just had a couple of. The first half of Bristol was bad, but they responded. They scored goals. Declan's changed things around. It worked. This time against Charlton didn't quite work out, but I wouldn't say they're going back to playing a neg- negative negative game. Although Taylor, yeah, I agree, hasn't been involved in games so much recently. But again, sometimes you just have to give credit to the opposition. Charlton yeah. are a team, despite their bad run, that are now only two points off the playoffs. It shows the start they had to the season. They've got good players there, and I don't think you can over dramatise or over worry about how how this one result is going to affect things. Kerry and Ramirez weren't at their best, so you know that limits the service that Taylor gets when they weren't quite as effective as, as they as they could have been. Anthony Sarsavik is, is a blow for Argyle with him being out because he gave them that driving, running forward from, from deep. Um, you know the, the first half performance against Bristol Rebels was poor, but they corrected that and um, you know came out with the win. Um, so you know th- there's reasons, like I say, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite prepared to say for Saturday that you know they had a bad day. And it's not making excuses or you know giving them an easy out or, or things like that. They had a poor day and they played against a team who had a new manager, um, a Charlton fans favourite. Um, you've got what could have been a very negative atmosphere inside the stadium into a very positive one. They started the game really well. They were tuned up after 20 minutes. Argyle didn't know what hit them. Um, and you can you know we, we like I say as I said at the start you know Derek Adams could have sat there and spoke for 20 minutes about all the things that Argyle didn't do right because there was a lot that they didn't do right but sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say we had a bad day we were beaten by a better team but we've been on a great run let's go again over Easter and that's right because you know myself and Chris we sit in a lot of press conferences don't we and Mm. quite quite often managers don't praise the opposition for how well they played it's more focused on their team understandably Mm. but Chris is quite right Derek Adams praised Charlton and that's what they just had a very good game played very well and I think they were just. It seemed like they were playing quite some quite free football. They were they were allowed to express themselves a bit more. I, I can't um, I can't see why Argyle would suddenly adopt a tactic of, of negative passing on the ball when they've won no. uh, they've lost one game in seventeen. But also you know? Taylor that that that's 
Taylor effort that hit the post had gone in, mm. I think things would have been totally different. Yeah. The chart and fans would have suddenly got very nervous and Argo might have been a bit more confident. We've talked, spoken about confidence a lot. Mm. Confidence is, is a big thing in football and I think Argo's confidence went down straight away because of the start of the game. If that had gone in, that would have changed. And I don't think it necessarily would have been deemed negative as it was. Yeah, I think that was actually a save looking at the highlights. It looked like a keeper mm. might have got a touch. Yeah, it was a keeper's credit because it looked like a fantastic yeah. stop. Yeah. Uh, worth saying though, I mean, you know, I, when you get to the stage of the season, as I said to you guys earlier, you, you are going to have those moments where they lose, like they did on Saturday, and everyone's going to think, oh, that's mm. it, it's all over. Mm. Just like there's going to be times where they do win a game and get into the top six and everyone's going to be all buoyant and thinking, oh, we've done it. You know, it's, it's going to be a real roller coaster. We're, we're playing some very good teams. That, we can't get away from that. We're not playing teams that are struggling, although it's not necessarily an easy time to play any team. Chelsea's a big club. They've got yeah. some good players. You know, they are underperforming to be where they are in the table at the moment. And, um, you know, there's expectations that they should be in the championship at least. And when you see the setup there, you know, there's every reason why. When you look at some of these players that like we're going to be playing Rotherham soon, Peterborough mm-hmm. soon, you look at some of the players in the teams, you think, God, they would, I would love them in the Argyle team. You know, there are some fantastic yeah. players Argyle are playing against, and no matter how good Argyle are, they're good, they're, they're good, there's going to be players from opposition teams, very good teams, that are going to have moments of magic, like like um, the defender did to score the goal against Charlton, and that will continue. There's going to be moments where the opposition are good as well. They're not always going to roll over in Argyle, yeah. they're going to dominate every game. That's just not going to happen. And, and as Barry Adams made the point on Saturday, and he's right, that you know, let's just step back and for a minute and think that with eight games in the season to go, in Argyle's first season in League One, they're on 57 points. Mm. They've had a great run of form mm. after a really poor start to the season. Now, the fans and everyone will want to see them, you know, try and get into the playoffs, having got this into this position now. But, you know, let's not lose sight, sight of the bigger picture. They've done really well to recover from a, you know, a seemingly doomed position to be sat going into Easter, thinking, well, if we could get four points from the two games over Easter... You know, you're going into the final stretch of games in the season with a genuine, realistic chance of getting in the playoffs. I mean, yeah. no one, no one would have thought that. You know, at the start of December, and you know, I know you can keep harking back about things, but bigger, bigger picture. You know, where the club and where the team are now compared to earlier in the season is, is, is amazing. Difference. And it could have been worse. I mean, results actually went in our goals' favour. Yeah, I mean, I think Rotherham yeah. lost. I think Scunthorpe drew. Peterborough drew. So it could have been much worse, and I think with, with eight games to go, it's in Argyle's own hands. They've got Scunthorpe to come up soon, as I'm sure we'll talk about soon. So it's in Argyle's hands, and we'd have all snapped off anyone's arm that offered us this at the start of the season with eight games left. Oh, yeah. Question from Lewis then. Uh, do you think the loss on Saturday will affect the last few games of the season? Uh, well, we'll, we'll find out. We'll we'll I mean, they, they lost against Wigan. Okay, they played well against Wigan, but they lost against Wigan and then went on a six game winning streak. Hmm. Um, they've shown, I did a piece after the game, like, they've shown that they have strength of character this season. Everyone had written them off in October. Derek Adams never came out and, and, and wrote anyone off. There were people calling for Derek Adams' head when they lost eight out of nine. They've, they've showed character to fight back. They've showed incredible character that's got the national you know, media talking about their rise into the playoffs, which has just been absolutely incredible. And again, like I said, they lost to, they lost to Wigan, but they, they, and they, you know, after that they have games against the likes of Blackburn, the, the games Shrewsbury. against Shrewsbury, who hmm. people struggled. I think Shrewsbury only lost once at home. Blackburn had, well, back on top of the table again. I think Blackburn had not lost in 18 games. Hmm. I think they, should, they proved they've got the character. Yeah. Now, some of these players that are now currently playing weren't involved then. But again, Makati came in and scored a goal. People that are coming in, they are having an impact, and I think history has shown this season that they do have character. And Derek Adams, I think they'll all be good actually up to getting a win, and hopefully it'll be a good crowd on a, on a, what will be Good Friday. Yeah, I mean Easter's always important, isn't it? Two games in four days, and you know there's six points up for grabs, and you know how many points are they'll get in those two games will probably dictate you know how the rest of the season goes. You know, 
if they get six points or even four points from those two games, then they're right there. If they only get a point or, or nothing at all, then it's going to get difficult, isn't it? So I think, you know, you know, Lewis is right to ask the question and I, I think we'll find out in these next two games and there'll be six games after that. Uh, I think we'll do the podcast after the Scunthorpe game, won't we, Stu? And, yeah. um, and then we'll probably have a better idea of how the season's going to going to shake out but every team that are battling for it are going to lose games of course they are. so you know there's, there's going to be no team that's going to win every game I'm pretty sure so mm. you know it, you can't you can't go all doom and gloom after one one game and no, I, I'm sure that Green Army will attend in big numbers again on Friday and will mm. be there vocally to support the team and we're at that stage as well where you get those freak results you know the coupon buses where a team such as a Rochdale or a Berry would go up to Rotherham Scunthorpe and Get a shock win, well, you know, well, that happens the, every the, season. The Rochdale, they, I mean, they seem to be hard to beat at the moment. Yeah. And, you know, they're playing a lot of the teams that have been around around us. League One's competitive, there's some very good players in League One, even for teams that are struggling. Like Fleetwood, we couldn't believe their position, it was almost like a false position. Yeah. I think the same was for, same could be said for Charlton. Um, there are a lot of good players in that league. And of course, um, when you're on a good run of form, you're there to be shot at. You know, yeah. if a team comes into, you know, it's like any, you know, if you get a team coming and you think, well, they haven't lost in 18 games like Blackburn when they gained the home part, that. Well, we know we want to prove, you know, you know we're good and uh, want to win that run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I say, though, two games, or as we all say, two games mm. over Easter, starting with Southend on Friday. Uh, this is a big game from Southend's point of view. Looking at the league table, they're um, seven behind Argyle at the moment. If they've got any aspirations at all of making it into that top six, and they've, they've really got a win on on Friday, haven't they? Yeah, yeah you would have thought so. Um, but they're probably quite pleased to be saying that because. Not so long ago, they were sliding down the table, and um, Chris Powell's gone in there as a manager. Former Southend left back was there for a long time, and he seems to turn it around pretty quickly. Um, he's a good manager, Chris Powell. He did. Um, he's done a good job at the other clubs he's, he's been yeah. at. Um, uh, he was at Charlton and Huddersfield, and uh, done a really good job by the looks of it at, at Southend and getting them going upwardly mobile. And uh, they've had some good results recently, so it will be a tough game. But they're, they're all tough at this time of the season, and. Uh, yeah, you hope there's a good good turnout of fans on Good Friday. You know what what else do you want to do on Good Friday than go and watch a game of football? With our goal going for the playoffs, and um, yeah, a really important game, a really important. Game. I, I think that stat, and I I've not looked at the table, so that surprises me that they're, they're that close in a way. Mm. But that stat to me shows how English football is. That every team, even with just eight games left, have got something to play for. Mm. There are teams that can be sucked into relegation. I mean, I don't know how far they're off relegation. They're on fifty points at the moment. Mm. So, but, but the fact that it's most, most that's why there's no easy games because everyone's got stuff to play for. He, Chris Powell's gone in to stop the slide down the yeah. table, which was happening under mm. Phil Brown, and um, he's done that. So that was his main objective. And now it's a shot to nothing. And now it? they're a bit like Argyle, where you know anything else is a bonus sort of thing. So um, yeah, I mean I, I, they've got nothing. They're on fifty points. You know you're virtually safe when you're on fifty points, aren't you? So they can come down to home park and they've really got nothing nothing to lose well, so obviously Derek Hamsel wants to win that game we always say if you can win your home game and try and get points yeah. or something away then that'll be great and you know Southend are one of the few teams that aren't directly around Argyle so they'll be seeing that as a, as a chance to get and back and you look at Argyle's home record recently it's been brilliant it's been absolutely brilliant and then of course Scunthorpe on Monday uh, Jack, I'll bring this one to you because obviously you were talking on uh, Friday about Carl Robinson leaving Charlton uh, we heard yesterday Scunthorpe it's, or on Saturday night they sacked Graham Alexander so a bit of an unknown quantity for Argyle going up there on Monday. Yeah, I wish I wish teams would stop stacking managers for Argyle. I mean, look, I think we were, we were the second team to play. <coughs> excuse me, Fleetwood when John Sheridan went there. First team to play under against Charles Lee Bowyer, and we're going to be the second team to play Scunthorpe. Well, who knows? Depends when they appoint a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was surprised. I think I broke the news to Chris on, on in the car on the way home when when I saw it on Twitter, and um, 
it's very from from an outsider's point of view, and you know that's what we all are. We don't go to the games and see them every game. It's an outsider's point of view. It looks like a shocking move, but their slide has been drastic. It's, they've not. I think they've won one in twelve. Yeah, it is. It's, I was speaking to <clears> some <throat> Scunthorpe fans yesterday online. It's really interesting. They're like, no, don't be surprised because we've been awful under him. Uh, I think he lost Chris Brass. Chris Brass's assistant went somewhere and he brought somebody else in, and apparently there's been a few tactical changes with like centre backs playing at left back, centre midfielders at centre half. I mean, again, I'm not. And the fans are just he's I'm lost not, the fans basically. I'm not on the inside. So I don't know who was responsible, but they got rid of Paddy Madden in January. They yeah. got Van der Veen who went to Northampton. Two very good strikers that I don't think were replaced. Mm. And I think any team would miss them. I think Madden we saw when Argo went to Fleetwood was a very good player and called, and they obviously scored a goal. And it doesn't look like that money's been reinvested back into the team. Now, whether that's Alexander's fault or the chairman's, who knows? But if it's the chairman's, I think it's very harsh to then blame Alexander when you lose two very good players yeah. and don't replace them. But like I said, it's, it's easy to just look at things in black and white when you're an outsider, but we're not the ones that sat there every game. But on, from an outsider's point of view, they got into the playoffs last year. They're a small team in, in comparative figures. You know, they don't get crowds as big as a lot of teams in League One. Um, they got into the playoffs, which I think was a good achievement, and they're there again this season. But who knows, if they, if they hire someone else and they progress again and start winning games and get to the plus and go up, they'll say it's a justified decision, so time will tell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're looking for the new manager bounce, aren't they? You know, we saw Lee Bowyer on, on Saturday, John Sheridan's gone in at Fleetwood and uh, got some good results there. Uh, Chris Powell's gone in at Southend and I suppose the, the, the powers that be at Scunthorpe have looked at it and thought, well, those clubs have made a change you know, relatively late in the season and they've, uh, they've benefited from it. I think it is harsh, though. I mean... You know, Scunthorpe. He took know, them to the playoffs last they, season. As well. They were the playoff semi finalists last year. So basically, they spent the last two seasons in a League One playoff place. Um, you know, no disrespect, but Scunthorpe are not the biggest of clubs. You know, uh, they have been in the Championship recently, but you, you could, I think, make quite a genuine case that if they're at the top of League One, towards the top of League One, they're doing pretty well yeah, by, by their uh, resources, standards, level of support, etc. I just think, you know, you know, Graham Alexander's done a great job there. He has a bad run of form. Yes, it's a bad run of form, but you don't get any loyalty back. And, you know, that shouldn't surprise anyone. There is no loyalty in football anymore, unfortunately. But I suppose it highlights, you know, that, you know, how brave Argyle were to stick with Derek Adams when yeah. that eight, run of eight, eight and nine. We've seen lots of examples of it since then, since that poor run where clubs have have pulled the trigger and got rid of Uwe Rossler at Fleetwood, got them in the play League One playoff semi uh, semi uh, playoffs last year, mm -hmm. has a bad run of results, gone. No loyalty to him. Graham Alexander got scuttled into the playoff semi finals last season. Bad run, gone. Derek Adams, Argyle stuck with him and have reaped the rewards. Now, who's to say that if they got rid of Derek Adams in October they'd have appointed somebody and they'd have you know, you know, could have gone on a run like this or even better. Who knows? The thing it's is unlikely. That, for every but, for every Lee Bowyer and mm. you know John Jennings giving the bounce, as the likes of Luckily mm. took over Berry is not going to change mm. things. There's yeah. Wesley took over Barnet mm. and he's gone again. Yeah. So for every one that does well, there's one that doesn't do well. Yeah. So who knows what what will go for them? Yeah, I, I, yeah. You, you've got to feel sorry. Who would be a, you know who would be a manager? <laughs> know. You know, look at Graham Alexander and Rossler and what they've done at Fleetwood and Scunthorpe in League One. They have one bad run of form. And you're gone. The one thing I'd say is I, I would be shocked if Graham Alexander struggled to get another yeah. job. I mean, his record's yeah, very good. Very I think he'll be back yeah. in football sooner rather than later. And, and I'm, I'm definitely with Jack. I mean, Scunthorpe, um, we don't know if they're going to have a caretaker manager or a permanent manager when Argyle go out there on Easter Monday. But it's, whoever it is, it's going to be their first home game as, as manager. 
you, know, you don't really, you know, you don't want to go there and be the team that's playing against the home team. You've got a new manager and everyone's. You want to know the goal frog on that bit more boy, yeah. And so, yeah, it's not ideal timing with with all these clubs changing managers yeah. as Argyle uh, are prepared to play. Just, just just desperation that there is in football to get mm. success yesterday, isn't there? It's always they always want it yesterday. Yeah. It's never because I mean, Scunthorpe are fifth. You know, yesterday on a bad run of form. But they're fifth, you know. They're in a they're in a good position, you know. Um, but is it a coincidence that they, they were so obviously they've done so well at the start of the season to get to where they are to be able to only win one in twelve and still be in the playoffs? Yeah. They lose two star yeah. strikers yeah. and now they've gone on a bad run. Is, is, is it a coincidence? I don't think so. As Chris said about Derek Adams, um, when they went through a bad run, you don't become a bad manager overnight. No, I don't think Graham Alexander suddenly forgot how to manage football. No, so I think he's possibly been quite hard done by that. Indeed. Right, well, thanks ever so much, guys. That's all we've got time for this week. Um, we'll be back again next Tuesday because obviously there's the game on Monday. Easter Monday, isn't it? So, Easter yeah. Monday indeed. So uh, be sure to join us then. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account at HeraldPAFC or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King.